the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. A tropical storm warning has been issued for parts of North Carolina's coast ahead of the expected arrival of Tropical Storm Arthur. The National Hurricane Center's Eric Blake says... It's not uncommon to have tropical storms in May. It is more uncommon, uh, pretty rare, in fact, to have May hurricanes. Uh, we've had May tropical storms uh, many of the past uh, years in, in the decades. It's not, it's not uncommon. Arthur formed off the coast of Florida yesterday. Forecasters say it will bring one to two inches of rain to coastal North Carolina tonight and tomorrow. President Trump has returned to the White House from Camp David in rural Maryland, where he says he and other administration officials took part in a working weekend. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo got tested for coronavirus on live TV today. He announced all people in his state experiencing symptoms can get tested. This is SRN News. Mike Gallagher is finding it difficult to keep up with the news. The models and the media's breathless reporting of the models all have to be taken into into account as you make decisions about how life looks going forward. Honest to gosh, I've never thought I'd say this in four decades of being a broadcaster. I honestly don't know what's real and what's fake anymore. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 8 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. The Patriot's May Book of the Month is History's Nine Most Insane Rulers by Scott Rank. And you could win a signed copy of the book right now at the Freedom Fan Club page at am1280thepatriot.com. Just past 2 o'clock on your Sunday here in the Twin Cities, let's take a look at your forecast from the Great Plains Windows Indoors Weather Center. We've got showers all day long, and we'll hit a high of 57. And we got Hour 2 of the Brad Carlson Show of the Northern Alliance Radio Network starting right now here on the Patriot. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM hey, 1280 Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with our number two of the broadcast, we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651 289 4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to uh, check us out on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and give us a like if you haven't done so already. 
And as always, we uh, appreciate your support as we just a month or two ago commemorated our 16th anniversary of being on the air here at AM 1280 The Patriots. Some variation of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, Myself, Mitch Berg, heard Saturdays 1 to 3 on these very airwaves. And King Banyan on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. Again, we make up the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Often imitated, never duplicated, and no stop sign in front of us yet. 16 years and counting. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. I want to switch gears here a little bit to be joined by a longtime friend of the broadcast, Katie Kiefer. Katie's uh, fine website can be found at katiekiefer.com. That's K-I-E-F-F-E-R, katiekiefer.com. She also writes for Town Hall and herself is a published author. I've actually got a copy of her book on the bookshelf right behind me. Let me be clear, Barack Obama's War on Millennials and One Woman's Case for Hope. This book was published back in uh, 2014. And a fantastic read. I know Barack Obama is no longer president, but uh, hey, I think you could still learn uh, several things if you do decide to pick it up today. So with that, as always, we are honored to be joined by the aforementioned Katie Kiefer. Katie, how are you today? Great. How are you, Brad? Thanks for having me on. You always have the nice peppy bumper music to start us out. Well, you know, that's the that's the standard fare for the uh, second hour is uh, ACDC's Thunderstruck. I don't, that was actually chosen for me. I don't know how they came up with it, but we've adapted to it, Katie. So it is all good. I appreciate it. So we do want to uh, have you on. Obviously, Katie, you uh, wrote a, a very insightful piece this past week entitled Google's Monopoly on Speech. And I think this has kind of been a prevailing issue uh, with the Internet uh, particularly Google and obviously the company they own, YouTube, which obviously people have heard of YouTube, Mm -hmm. as well as Facebook, kind of selectively determining uh, who can utilize their platform and who cannot. And this is uh, certainly a prevailing issue, and this kind of runs smack dab into the COVID issue as well because there's so much information getting out there, and that's reflective of the Internet as a whole. So, Katie, if you might want to expand on it, Google's monopoly on speech, um, talking specifically about some... Doctors, I believe, that were deplatformed from YouTube. Why don't you kind of uh, weigh in on that a little bit? Right. Well, April 27th, many people will remember that YouTube deleted a video that had, at that point, um, very quickly accumulated over 5 million views. Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. had brought attention to this video, um, and it showed a conference held by doctors Dan Erickson and Artin. Masihi. And in that video, these doctors who operate a private urgent care clinic in Bakersfield, California, very courageously questioned the scientific accuracy of the massive elongated shutdowns that we've had in the United States, specifically that extend even to the young and healthy. And mm. they said that they emphatically disagreed with the need to still shelter in place um, for those that are not in the vulnerable demographics. Now, YouTube took that video down. It didn't violate any copyright issues. There was no uh, profane or um, graphic explicit material there. But they took it down, and their CEO took to see CNN quickly thereafter, and she said that the reason they took that video down was because it was in violation of World Health Organization. World Health Organization recommendations with regard to health. Now, that's very problematic because we know now um, that the World Health Organization helped cover up for China and lied with regard to COVID-19. So, A, they're not a very trustworthy organization to be basing 
you know, our YouTube standards on. But aside from all of that, what I focused on in this article was the fact that YouTube is, um, they purport to be a platform, which is a tool whereby anyone of diverse opinions could post um, something online. And as long as it's not violating obvious um, restrictions with regard to, you know, it's not explicitly pornographic or it's not explicitly um, in violation of a copyright, um, they should be able to post whatever they want. And in return for that, um, the way in which they operate as a tool or as a platform, YouTube actually has um, exemption from certain liabilities that other true publishers have. And so I point out that right now, whereas the Pioneer Press, for example, or the Star Tribune, they're held liable for even their letters to the editor. They have to be very careful with regard to what they print, and they're held um, liable for that, whereas YouTube is not liable for anything, and that is due to Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, and um, they are exploiting that exemption. It's pretty complicated, and I'd refer most people you know, to read the full article to get the complete gist of it, but essentially they're exploiting this exemption. Ted Cruz and even some other Democrats like Elizabeth Warren are fighting to get rid of this exemption for them because YouTube can't operate like a platform um, or can't purport to be a platform and actually operate like a publisher. And Google also is, they are also censoring speech. And I get into how um, there's been a lot of research with regard to in the 2016 presidential election, as many as, uh, as many as 10 and for sure 3 million votes were swayed just by Google search results because you know when you type in a question to uh, Google, who is the best Democratic candidate or Hillary's email scandal, the, the general person out there presumes that whatever the answer that Google spits out is going to be neutral or unbiased. But what this mm-hmm. um, researcher found, who actually is openly a Democrat and supportive of Hillary Clinton, he found that the results were emphatically biased in favor of Hillary Clinton. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because this is one of the things that uh, particularly progressives will will shoot back with, you know, when they complain about bias and whatever else, and they say, well, you know, you uh, you conservatives, you libertarians, you're big into this free association and say a private business should be able to associate with whomever they so desire, and now you're all of a sudden, if they get rid of things you don't like, all of a sudden you're not for free association. And you make the salient point, Katie Kiefer, and it's, and it's, an, it's an important distinction. Uh, it's not so much a private business as it is a, a platform, and mm-hmm. they they seem to want it both ways. They want to go under the guise, well, we're a private enterprise. We should be able to do what they want. But then mm-hmm. also, as you as you indicated, they subscribe to being a platform, which is a totally different standard than, as you indicated, mm-hmm. newspapers. Mm-hmm. Right. But the, the distinction between platform and publisher is very important. And the more Americans become aware of this, this distinction and these special exemptions that it's not just YouTube. It's also Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram that are benefiting from these. And um, Facebook 
many people aren't aware of this, but Facebook actually owns Instagram. And Facebook is the 60% of Facebook shares are um, controlled by Zuckerberg, who is um, very much a Democrat. And so, and then Twitter CEO is also a Democrat, and he has even admitted that they have an algorithm that is not neutral. So if they're going to not be neutral, even according to their own words of admitting that they're not neutral, then they can't get this exemption anymore from libel, and they need to be held to the same standard that um, television stations are, newspapers are, and that's going to level the playing field more so. Now, just this in the past week, the White House actually announced that they are going to be rolling out a tool whereby everyday Americans can report instances of censorship by Google, by Facebook, by YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. And that's going to be very powerful and very enlightening to see how much censorship is really out there. There's also a um, DOJ probe that's been going on since last June into Google and whether they are unfairly stifling market competition. Is now you you did allude to to Facebook a little bit. Do you feel as though Facebook's uh, affronts have been egregious to say uh, Google and, and YouTube and Twitter? And I ask that because uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook CEO, who you just alluded to, has been on Capitol Hill testifying on a number of occasions, and I know he was he talked about that very thing. Look, we're a platform. There's going to be some items up there that are questionable as to whether they're facts are straight or not. That's not our job. As fact checkers, we trust the consumers to be able to determine whether or not something is factual or not, or to do their research or not. And he was hit back on pretty hard, particularly by uh, progressive darling Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So I I guess I bring that up, Katie. Do you find that Facebook has had as egregious affronts as as YouTube and Google? Because it seemed to me that was rather encouraging for Mark Zuckerberg to say, hey, let the people decide. Let them do their own research. Mm-hmm. How do you respond to that? Right. I mean, he definitely said the right thing there. And there's definitely... But his actions been... are showing something different, you say? <laughs> yeah, Paris in many thought. cases. He's made the right call in in certain cases, for sure. That Many people will remember that um, video of Nancy Pelosi, for example, where people twisted her words and made it sound like she was, you know, saying something she wasn't or was a little more unhinged than she is. And so, and Zuckerberg allowed that video to remain on Facebook because he said that was just part of free speech. Um, However, Facebook, like, I think over 90% of employee donations from Facebook, they all go to Democrat, um, Democrats. Oh, that does they are not, yeah. They are not um, forthcoming with regard to how their algorithms work. And if they are going to operate as a platform, they too need to be more um, forthcoming with regard to how their platforms are calling through this information. I know that a lot of conservatives um, that are much bigger than, you know, me or whatever, they have far a far bigger following, they have noticed censorship or shadow banning that only they would notice because they post something and they have, let's say, a million followers and then just 
under a thousand interact with that post. I've noticed right. that with articles that I've posted um, since the 2016 election that I'll post something and under a hundred people will interact with it. And I have close to 10,000 people following. So there's, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't line up. Um, And so there is behind the scenes censorship, even though they might not go as far as YouTube and actually delete the information, they're not showing it to people and allowing people to interact with it. Once again, we are joined by uh, Katie Kiefer, longtime friend of the broadcast, uh, a political commentator at her website, katiekiefer.com, as well as uh, contributing to townhall.com. Uh, Katie, we need to take a break. Are you able to hold for one more segment with us? Sure, I'd love to. Fantastic. We'll be back with another segment, again, with longtime friend of the broadcast, Katie Kiefer. And if you'd like to weigh in, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, are coming back with another segment with Katie Kiefer. Go nowhere. Whoa. Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. We're Diamond and Silk, and we have a new book coming out called Uprising. The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. No one we grew up with could have dreamed of what we have been able to accomplish. Our mother was born in poverty to sharecroppers. She was living the American nightmare. So for us... The American dream meant not only the freedom to find love and follow our faith. Freedom meant not letting anyone else define who we are, what we can do, or who we should vote for. In Uprising, we talk about the world we grew up in and what led us to rebel against that world. And how rebellion led us to speak out on politics and reach millions of viewers and how you can reach others too. You've seen us. And you've heard us. Now read all about us in Uprising. Uprising by Diamond and Silk, coming August 18th. Pre-order at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do Do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-218-9520. 800-218-9520. 800-218-9520. That's 800-218-9520. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. 
Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. Welcome back. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, always we appreciate you tuning in. Continuing our discussion with longtime friend of the broadcast, Katie Kiefer. Again, check out her fine work at katiekiefer.com. That's K-I-E-F-F-E-R, katiekiefer.com. She occasionally pops up at townhall.com as well. And follow her on Twitter, too. Katie L. Kiefer is where you can find her on Twitter. Uh, Katie, uh, how have you been holding up these uh, past couple of months of uh, staying at home, sheltering in place amid this uh, COVID-19 pandemic? Oh, just trying to get outside for a daily walk. Um, but, and reading some good novels, too. It's just good to shake things up, you know, pay attention to the news, but also... Um, reading something enjoyable like Lord of the Rings or Brian Jack's Redwall that that can put things in perspective and remember that there's hope out there. Um, there's other stories than Nancy's Nancy Pelosi's story. Ah, I see. Okay. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, you know, you've uh, keeping an eye on the uh, political issues of our day, and certainly this COVID nineteen pandemic, like a lot of big stories, certainly. Uh, everybody has their uh, perspective from their own uh, political prism. Some, um, maybe not as much. What do you? Uh, what? Where do you currently stand on some of these stay-at-home orders? Do you feel that they are too restrictive? That we should open up now? Do you think that we should open up methodically? You know, Governor Walls lifted the stay-at-home order that's uh, going to expire midnight tonight, but yet we're still pretty limited where we could go, at least here in Minnesota. But you know, in other states, they've opened up more aggressively. What's kind of the approach that you think will work best, given what you know about the situation, Katie Kiefer? Mm -hmm. Well, certainly states that were harder hit, like New York and New Jersey, need to operate differently than Minnesota, which was very lightly hit, with the exception of nursing homes. Um, Right. And so... I would say these stay-at-home orders, especially in states like Minnesota, have been um, very ineffective. And there's a lot of research out there. Um, My last, the town hall column that I wrote prior to this one was called Open, parentheses, Save America Now. And in there, I cite a lot of research, for example, from um, Dr. J. Batik, Charya, he is a professor of medicine at Stanford University. He did mm-hmm. antibody testi- testing out in Santa Clara County. That's not getting as much attention as it should, but that indicates that about 50 to 85 times as many people as um, have, have already had this infection than we previously thought, and they didn't develop any system, um, symptoms. Um, if they did, they were very mild symptoms. And so 
there's research out there that shows that the death per capita due to COVID-19 is actually much closer to influenza. And in some ways, it would have been better, in my opinion, had we not known about this at all, had we done nothing, with the exception of doing a better job to protect the elderly. And and obviously what Governor Walls has done has not helped the elderly, including sending COVID patients to nursing homes and spreading the infection amongst the most vulnerable. Uh, There's a really interesting um, chart that anyone can find. Um, I know the New York Times has it posted of all places and a couple other places where you can see every single state and the percentage of um, COVID deaths um, that have occurred in a nursing home. And Minnesota is tied with West Virginia for having the most, 80%. Mm. And that's really sad because Minnesota was lightly hit compared to New York, and New York has fewer deaths um, in nursing homes. So I would say it would have been better had we actually done nothing with the exception of doing a better job to protect the elderly. Um, And we also have to recognize all the harms that these lockdowns have caused. Um, Lack of socialization is very unhealthy. And there's ample, ample research, which I cite in the article I just mentioned from Berkeley, from all kinds of um, health organizations all over the world saying that for especially those who are most vulnerable and um, nearing the end of their life, socialization is key to keep them, keeping them going, making them feel like there's a purpose, there's a reason to live, you know, for their, to see their grand, their next grandchild be born, for example, versus, oh, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to see my grandchild um, again. And then one other study that I'd really like to draw attention to as well is it was a study um, done by Yale um, back in 2002, but they analyzed the United States and Europe. So this research had already been done with regard to more impoverished countries um, where they found a direct correlation between poverty and mortality. Well, they decided to analyze wealthier countries, United States and Europe specifically, and they found that there's a direct correlation between employment and mortality. So as unemployment goes up, so does mortality. As unemployment goes down, mortality increases. And, I mean, the longevity of life increases. And so basically when these politicians, including Walls, say even one death or even one death, we have to buy more time, we have to keep everyone safe and locked down, actually he is um, pronouncing more death by keeping us all locked up. Um, The longer he extends unemployment, even if People can apply for unemployment, and even if they keep giving us these unemployment checks, that does nothing for one's self-esteem, and that um, has been linked to cardiovascular disease and suicide, according to this Yale study. So even if you are getting an unemployment check, but you don't have a job, you are still at higher risk of death. Katie, we uh, only have a few minutes to go this segment. We do want to get to some calls real quick. Uh, Mark is in St. Louis Park. Mark, we have about a minute or two. You are on with uh, Katie Kiefer. Thanks for taking my call, Greg. Another great guest. Um, I personally give uh, Governor Walls 
an F minus, and that probably includes great inflation on his response. <laughs> but but can I talk about the previous sub the uh, previous segment, please? Um, yeah, please do. We know real quick. Uh, Google the executives and employees the day after Donald Trump won, they they filmed them, and and it, it looked like you were at a funeral. They were all at a funeral. Oh sure. So yeah, we know where they are. Yes, and one more th- one more quick thing. I think the the as a professor, I think his name was Greenfield, who did the report that your guest was talking about, and, and thank you for bringing that up. He actually yep. found he actually found that Google was targeting Hispanics to vote for Hillary Clinton, not the Clinton campaign. It was actually Google. He found that, and I want to just want to make sure that that is correct from your guest. It was actually Google that targeted Hispanics for Clinton, not the Clinton campaign. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, appreciate it, Mark. Uh, we only have a couple minutes to go. Um, Bob from Shoreview. Uh, Bob, we got to, again, about have about a minute or so. You're on with Katie Kiefer. Yeah, my question is about uh, Facebook suppressing uh, your results and the algorithm. Now, why can't Facebook come up with a choice that says, show me every post from this person or organization? Now, I know they have a choice where you can select the person or organization show me posts first and it kind of pushes the results from them uh, up to the top you know in the algorithm but they surely are able to make an, a choice where you can show me every post from this person or organization what do you think about that yeah thanks bob we appreciate it uh Katie had a couple of questions there we only have about a minute to go up uh, uh, were you hearing about that that google was uh uh, pressing, uh, pressing Hispanics to vote for Hillary Clinton at the Clinton campaign. I hadn't heard that. No, I mean, it's very possible. I think he mentioned the last name Greenfield, and so that would be yeah. a different researcher. The researcher I was citing, um, I didn't mention his name, but it's Harvard-educated Dr. Robert Epstein, for former okay. editor of Psychology uh, Today magazine. And the phenomenon that he uncovered is known as the search engine manipulation effect. So um, it sounds like there is another professor who also researched this, which is wonderful, and I'm not specifically familiar with him, though. Katie, as always, we uh, appreciate your time. We're up against one of those horrible hard breaks, so uh, music's going to cue here pretty soon, but I do want to <laughs> let you go. Again, Katie Kiefer, her website, katiekiefer.com, and occasionally crops up at townhall.com. And follow her on Twitter, too, Katie L. Kiefer. Katie, it's been too long. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Always great to talk to you. It goes by way too quick, but uh, definitely hope to catch up with you soon and yeah, uh, give my best to uh, on, your Brad. fiance and my, my family and your family, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, Brad. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Another segment coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company helps you customize your home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Unlike things you paid for you didn't need, like that much-needed one hundred twenty-five inch flat-screen TV. It's hurting my eyes a lot. For your one hundred square foot bedroom. My neck isn't so much stiff as it's completely stuck. With Liberty Mutual, get customized home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Uh oh, I'm seeing color splotches. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Hi, this is Lee. And this is Matt from the Kingdom Builders. About 22 years ago, I remember doing my father's roof in Bloomington after a huge hailstorm had gone through. And now he just had me come out and take a look at his roof because he wants to make sure it's okay. 22 years old now. Most roofs in that time era were good for about 20, 25, maybe 30 years. So if you're looking to get an honest assessment on whether your 22-year-old roof is still good, give us a call. 
Yeah, Lee, I remember that storm too. And as I drive around Burnsville, uh, Bloomington, the South Metro, I see all of these roofs that were replaced back in 1998. And it may be time for an assessment for us to come out and let you know if you have a year or three left or if now is a good time to get those shingles replaced. For an honest assessment on your roof or gutters, give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up on the web at thekingdombuilders.com. That's thekingdombuilders.com. remember when we found out we were expecting you and we were so surprised. You were? Yep, but then we heard your heartbeat and knew you were going to change our lives. What happened after that? Well, you grew and grew in my tummy. You started kicking, sucking your thumb, and even making a fist. No wonder I was a surprise. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call one 800 366 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. Welcome back, Am Coleman Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag Narn Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Thanks, as always, to our guest, uh, Katie Kiefer. been too long since I've had Katie uh, on the broadcast. I couldn't tell you the last time it was, but uh, always great to have her on and uh, everything that she's got going on, her website, katiekiefer.com, as well as townhall.com, and follow her at Katie L. Kiefer at Twitter. And uh, Mark called back uh, clarifying that he did mean to say Dr. Epstein, not uh, Dr. Greenfield. So uh, we appreciate uh, appreciate it, Mark. Uh, clarification got in by Katie, nonetheless, the study that she cited. So it is all good. I uh, want to take a transition into sports. You remember sports when they used to be played and we used to sit down and enjoy ourselves at a nice, uh, beautiful day. Boy, I got to tell you, Friday evening would have been a perfect night to be out of Target Field, wouldn't have? Wouldn't it have? I mean, I don't know if the Twins were scheduled uh, originally, excuse me, to play at home Friday evening, but whew, boy, that that was the kind of night that was meant for outdoor baseball. But I did want to talk some NFL uh, this story, actually, my neighbor alerted me to the story when I was out uh, mowing the lawn on Friday. He says, hey, did you hear about the NFL is uh, throwing out a, a proposal to uh, give teams and incentives to hire minority head coaches and GMs, like rewarding them with draft picks if they do that? And my immediate re- reaction was, um, 
how is that going to pass any kind of legal muster to incentivize teams that hire based on skin color? Uh, I'll get into that a little bit, but I'll read the, this is from Jim uh, Trotter at NFL.com. During his State of the League address three months ago at Super Bowl 54 in Miami, Commissioner Roger Goodell acknowledged a need to increase the opportunities for minorities to become head coaches and uh, candidates. Excuse me, head coaches and general managers. Clearly, we are not where we want to be on this level. It's clear we need to change. We have already begun discussing those changes, what stages we can take to determine better outcomes. The call to action grew even louder after only one of five coaching vacancies during the offseason was filled by a person of, con- of color, continuing a trend in which just three of the past 20 openings have gone to a minority. Now, in perhaps its most aggressive and controversial attempt to address the issue, the league will present a pair of resolutions this coming Tuesday during the owner's virtual meeting that it hopes will level the playing field. The first would remove the long-standing anti-tampering barrier that permits clubs to block assistant coaches from interviewing for coordinator positions with other clubs, even though having coordinator experience is typically the final and most significant step in becoming a head coach. The other would incentivize the hiring of minorities as head coaches or primary football executives by rewarding teams with improved draft slots, multiple sources told NFL.com. The source spoke on the condition of anonymity because of the sensitive nature of the topic. The league declined to comment Friday on this specific agenda for Tuesday's meeting. But if resolutions were to be voted in under the league policy on equal employment and workplace diversity, they would work as follows. If a team hires a minority head coach, that team in the draft preceding the coach's second season would move up six spots from where it is slotted to pick in the third round a team would jump 10 spots under the same scenario for hiring a person of color as its primary football executive, a position more commonly known as general manager. If a team were to fill both positions with diverse candidates in the same year, that club could jump 16 spots. So that's six for the coach, 10 for the GM, and potentially move from the top of the third round to the middle of the second round. Another incentive a team's fourth-round pick would climb five spots in the draft preceding the coach's or GM's third year if he is still with the team. That is considered significant because Steve Wilkes and Vance Joseph, two of the four African-American head coaches hired since 2017, were fired after one and two seasons respectively. Now, if passed, the changes would be a radical departure from current protocol. League officials have been trying for years to implement programs and procedures that would increase advancement opportunities for minorities from adopting the Rooney Rule in 2003 to increasing fellowship positions to bringing in pro and college coaches for network and empowerment summits to working with clubs to allocate more entry-level position to diverse candidates. Wow. Um, Where to begin? Okay. Look, first of all, I'm not just going to dismiss this out of hand. I think it's that would, I I don't agree with this particular plan where you could move up as much as 16 spots for hiring a a minority coach and a minority GM. Um, I'm not down with that because again, hiring based on skin color, uh, regardless of, of 
skin color is just not is in no sane or rational world equality. It's just not. But now they're talking about equity, which is trying to allow these minorities to catch up who haven't otherwise had opportunities. So I understand it from that standpoint, because I think the first African-American head coach ever hired, I think it was 1989. I know it was Art Shell with the then Los Angeles Raiders. He was the first African-American coach ever hired. And the league had already been in business for 70 years by that point. And it, the Civil Rights Act had passed 20 years earlier. And it only and it took the NFL that long to finally hire a black head coach. So it was way too long. And the situation was African-Americans were not in positions to where they were working in front offices or working on coaching staff. So therefore, they didn't have the experience. So when teams were looking to hire coaches, they didn't open it up to African-Americans because it's like, well, this, this person has more experience than this African-American coach. Well, it's kind of a vicious cycle because without the experience, you're not going to be able to get the job. Well, you can't get the job if you're not given an opportunities. So it, and it was long past time for an African-American or any minority to be hired as a head coach in the NFL back in the late eighties. And so I'm glad it finally happened. And of course, a few, few years later, the Vikings hired Dennis green. I think he was the second all time. And then the Rooney rule, as this article alluded to, uh, was implemented in 2003, where for every coaching vacancy, at least one minority candidate had to be hired. And I thought, I had mixed feelings on that one. I thought that that would just be ripe for abuse. You remember, um, do you remember Ted Cottrell? He was a longtime defensive coordinator with several teams, I believe the Jets, uh, the Bills. He was with the Vikings as a, I don't think he was a defensive coordinator. Maybe he was, but he was with the Vikings for a time. I do remember that. And Ted Cottrell was one of the most commonly interviewed African-American coaches when this came out, when this Rooney rule was instituted. And people looked at it as, well, they're just using Ted Cottrell saying, hey, look, we did our due diligence. We hired a minority candidate, decided he wasn't qualified, so we hired this person. And Ted Cottrell always emphasized, look, I don't feel like I'm a token or anything at all. I feel like I'm getting a fair opportunity, fair interview. And look at Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin was the Vikings defensive coordinator in 2006 after having been a defensive backs coach with the Tampa Bay Bucks for a number of years. He was defensive coordinator for the Vikings in 06. Uh, they were the top run defense in 2006. He got an interview with the Steelers after Bill Cowher retired. And the Steelers were so impressed by Mike Tomlin. They said, you know what? This guy actually proved himself. We're going to give him an opportunity. And of course, in his second year as Steelers head coach, Mike Tomlin won the Super Bowl. And at 36 years old, he was the youngest coach to ever win a Super Bowl. And he said, you know what? I'm more proud of that. I'm more proud of the fact that I'm the youngest coach to win a Super Bowl than I am the second ever African-American head coach to win a Super Bowl behind Tony Dungy. So it looked like things were starting to even out. Well, for some reason, uh, we've gone backwards. Why? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't think some of these people on Twitter calling these owners racists is particularly productive or helpful, but uh, including some football guys, you know, football media guys um, who may be suffering from white guilt. I have no idea what their incentive was for doing that, but they did it nonetheless. And a lot of them seem to be in the tank for Eric Bieniemy, who was the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. Kansas City did okay this past season, didn't they? Yeah, they won the Super Bowl. 
Okay, and so people were wondering why Eric Bieniemy didn't get one of these jobs. And, you know, people would shoot back and say, well, you know, he wasn't really the primary play caller, was Andy Reid, da 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 and then you know those people would be called racist for not standing up and it just gets to be non-productive and so i was in favor of the rooney rule because of a story like mike tomlin you know it's just like give him a chance and you may think you're just bringing him in here to check the box say okay african-american candidate interviewed check there we go and all of a sudden, Tomlin's so impressed, he got the job, and it turns out he was a pretty darn good coach because they won the Super Bowl second year. Well, Lewis Riddick, who was a former NFL player with the Cleveland Browns and is a football commentator on ESPN, has also interviewed for front office jobs, uh, sub, uh, ultimately did not get some of them. but uh, And he is an African-American, and he had his own perspective, his own reaction to these proposed rules. If Jason, if we have that audio, this is uh, Lewis Riddick uh, being interviewed by uh, Sage Steele, who is a Sports Center anchor, asking him what he thought about these proposed rules. Here we go, Lewis Riddick. The proposal to reward teams with draft picks based on the race of the coaches and GMs that they hire. Lewis, what is your reaction? Yeah, all the things that Mike Wilbon just said, look, I've had those emotions already just looking at this whole thing and trying to digest this whole thing. I mean, really what this boils down to is the fact that, look, the diversity committee is doing all they can do to try and get owners to move on hiring more minorities and people of color. Obviously, they understand it's a problem. They're trying to do everything they can in order to correct that problem. But in effect, what this new proposal does, it is telling people like myself who have, who have interviewed for high-ranking positions, it's not just about your competency. That's not really, it's not about that. It's really about whether or not there's something else that would make us move on this kind of situation. And quite honestly, that is something that's insulting. It's, it's very insulting to a person like myself who has been through this process. I cannot say, you know, honestly, that I feel as though I was discriminated against in any way. I feel as though my interviews were on the level and they were done in an exemplary way, particularly the interview that I had with the New York Giants and John Mara. And we talked about it after I wasn't hired for that position. But what this is telling people overall, what this is telling potential candidates is this. It may not just be about how good you are. It may be how advantageous certain owners feel as though this situation makes it for them outside of what you would bring to the table. And that is, that's defeating, that's yeah. insulting, that's not the way it should be, but that's just, that's the situation at hand, and this is what the diversity committee has had to resort, resort to, and that's pretty sad. Every single okay, person. Okay, we'll stop right there. That's a, that was Lewis Riddick. Um, yeah, I didn't pull any punches. Doesn't, and again, he's an African-American, not a big fan of this rule, because he feels like, would I be hired on merits? Because then you're getting coaches and GMs saying, am I being hired on my merits? Or I'm being hired because it gives you an advent, more advantageous draft position. And again, some of them may not care, but I have a I have a feeling a lot of them would echo what Lewis Riddick is saying. If they didn't feel like they were hired based on their merits, would they feel isn't that more degrading? One could argue it is. Because I could totally picture a scenario where you say, you know what? Let's give this guy a job as a GM. Pay him whatever the standard GM salary is. I have no idea what it is. But you know what? Don't give him a lot of power. Don't give him a lot of decision-making. Leave that to the current brass that's making these decisions. We get an enhanced draft pick because he's on the payroll. I Am I saying a scenario like that could happen? I don't know. It's plausible. 
it's possible, but not, you know, is it probable? Maybe probably not, but is it, is it, is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. Same with the head coach. You, you hire a GM and a head coach minority and you move up 16 draft slots. I mean, don't you think you could work around that if you don't really think that this African-American coach you hired is, is the best for your organization, but it improves your draft status. You could say, Hey, offensive and defensive coordinators, you, you guys primarily are in charge of the play calling. So just make sure that this particular coach you know, doesn't get in the way. Yeah, that's and my again, I hope, that, that's my hope position. Something like that wouldn't happen. Sorry yeah, to interrupt you, ahead. Brad, uh, but that's my no, position on this too. You shouldn't have to alter the game itself to be able to have a better success rate of having black um, people be coaches in the NFL. I mean, seventy percent of the league, as of actually right now, um, consists of African American players. So you yep. think just based off that percentage alone, there's got to be at least a few competent black athletes who be, could become coaches some days, but typically more white people are hired in these positions. But again, you shouldn't have to alter the game. You shouldn't have to reward draft picks to to create the equality that you want in this league. And again, and uh, Dominique Foxworth, who is uh, who's often appears with Lewis Riddick on a lot of these ESPN shows talking football, um, he basically came out and said it that it is uh, a lot in large part because what is the, what makes up the ownership group? A lot of senior citizen bill, white billionaires. So again, don't want to put words in Dominique Foxworth's mouth, but he basically insinuated that these guys can't get over the fact that the league and the world is is more diverse. And I don't know if that's true. I, I, you know, I don't know the backgrounds of all of these owners, where they came from and whatnot, but when they're in your 60s and 70s and you're a white guy and you're a billionaire, you know, what, what, what background did you come from and what was your worldview like growing up through where you grew up and through business? Okay. I, I, I I'm hesitant to say that all of them were uh, just blind to any kind of racism because they came out of privilege. I don't know that, but is that could that be a factor? I, I hope not. I hope not. And I, and I'd like to think, you know, that there if an owner said, you know, this guy is the best for my team. Yeah, he's an he's a African American. That doesn't mean a thing. I'm looking out for my team. And this coach, uh, you know, say it is Eric Bieniemy. I think he is a great fit for our team and for what we're building here. And He's got. He's part. Of, been a part of a Super Bowl championship team as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, let's 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 go ahead. Let's move forward. I'd like to think that owners would would think that way. But again, I'm not pretending to be clairvoyant. But some of these football writers who basically insinuated that these owners are a bunch of racists, as were these GMs making the uh, hiring decisions, that's not productive and it's not helpful. And I don't think shaming any anybody into into changing is going to. Uh, move the discussion forward. I can't believe ultimately that these uh, these will pass, but um, there's no question something has to be done. You can't tell me there aren't uh, qualified African Americans, my any any minority group. Okay, that you can't tell me that they aren't out there and ready to take on these jobs in the front office and and head coaching positions. That definitely has to change. How to go about it? I'm not sure, but. I don't believe this is the best way. Went a little long in this segment. Uh, if Mike is still on the line, I'll be glad to take his call when we come back for the final short segment on the broadcast. Me, Brad Carlson, the closer, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back in mere moments. Go nowhere. 
1280 The Patriot. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. I come from the doctor's clinic this morning, 28 staples out of my knee, and I am not taking painkillers. Why? Because I don't need to. I'm taking Relief Factor. Yes, it's a triple dose, but it doesn't have any negative side effects. And I am doing just fine. Thank you very much. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just nineteen ninety-five. That's less than a dollar a day. That's truly remarkable to be liberated from your pain for less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Go right now. ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com. This is your opportunity to be the next success story. I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and for years, this great station has been fighting to keep the Twin Cities right. As we head into 2020, I would ask that you help us continue the fight by supporting our local sponsors who live, work, and play right here in the Twin Cities. Now, here's a word from our friend, Dennis Prager. I I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. And helping fighters is as good and noble as fighting. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help the station, and that is... Just patronize their sponsors. Those sponsors, they are making us possible. No sponsors, we're talking to ourselves. By supporting the local businesses you hear on this station, you help support us as we continue to keep the Twin Cities right. Millions plan for retirement online, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, and manage your benefits all from the comfort of your home. And give yourself the freedom to do what you want offline. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. In an era of fake news and misleading headlines, turn to a leader in accurate reporting, townhall.com. Get caught up with today's top stories, find brilliant commentary from our columnists, and have a laugh with our political cartoons at townhall.com. Welcome back. AM 12 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Went a little long last segment. So we have a very brief final short segment to get to on the broadcast. And I appreciate Mike's patience. He's been uh, patiently waiting on the phone. Uh, Mike, go ahead. You're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Thanks, Brad. Hey, um, I heard, I think I can recall Fauci's response to uh, Rand Paul. And one of the, one of, he talked about being an epidemiologist and a, and a public health expert. And, I, to me, my, my view of those are not just uh, studying viruses and communicable diseases, but it's also 
looking at public health issues like, um, you know, child mortality, alcoholism, all those are kind of part of, part of public health, et cetera. And I, and so to me, I think he kind of, he kind of plays loose and fast, like saying he's more like a, I'm just a virus kind of guy. I'm just a, you know, right. death from viruses thing. He to me, it doesn't come clean and say that he really did not look seriously or did not inform or didn't bring somebody at, to the table to talk about the serious health issues, not only in the United States, that unemployment and economic downturn, but all across the world. It's a big child mm-hmm. mortality. looks like it's going to really go up quite a bit, and that's just bad. So I'm, I'm done, but thanks. Thanks, Brent. Yeah, appreciate it, Mike, and uh, good comments, very good comments. Yeah, yeah, he was basically, yeah, he did acknowledge I'm a public health official, but um, you, uh, he did talk about the aspects of it, the uh, particularly the missed meals and not monitoring for child abuse, brains not developing, parents unable to work and provide basics for children. Uh, statistically, he didn't say how much of an impact that has, but then says that part of it isn't his job. Well, somebody, hopefully somebody is addressing those concerns or at least being advised of those concerns and those statistics because those are factors that have to be weighed in as well. And again, Katie and myself both acknowledged the Yale study uh, on this program today. For every one percentage point tick up in unemployment, uh, the mortality rate is uh, pretty significant. So something that can no longer be ignored, and thankfully it's, it's not being ignored. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, I've enjoyed it. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Closing time. Turn all up. We've had our lives flipped upside down recently, and for many of us, things just got a lot rougher. But we've faced tough times before, and we're going to pull through this because, well, that's what we do in America. At Term Provider, Big Lou has a message for you. If all this craziness has you protecting the ones you care about, don't let it stop when we get through this. Keep the protection rolling with a life insurance shield around your family. For over 30 years, Term Provider has been providing affordable term life insurance at better prices and with better service, including policies that don't need an in-home exam. As for Big Lou, he's just like you, spending time at home with his kids, too. No matter what your medical history, prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or if you're taking prescription medications, at Term Provider, we can help you find a million dollars or more of term life insurance at affordable rates to fit your budget. There's no obligation, so call now for your free quote. Call 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. I've always wanted to learn another language, but every time I try, it never sticks. So I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and it starts with simple words and phrases, and soon you're putting those words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. The app is really smart. It actually keeps track of the words I'm struggling with so I can practice them and get better. I chose Babbel because it was created by real language teachers. They built it around real life, how people actually communicate, and what they care about. I can't wait to use my new language skills in the real world. Dos cervezas, por favor. (laughs) With Babbel, get conversational in Spanish, French, German, and more. It just takes 10 to 15 minutes a day. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com.
B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Let's welcome Jeremy Camp. Hope comes home with I Still Believe. You can download it now at WatchSalemMedia.com. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine comes the uplifting true life story of Christian music megastar Jeremy Camp. I'm supposed to be with her. I can't explain it. I just know that. Jeremy's hope and faith are put to the test when tragedy strikes. You're going to be healed. What if I'm not supposed to be healed? I Still Believe is an incredible story of musical stardom, the heights of love, the depths of loss, and the healing power of the human spirit. One love can change your life. You chose willingly to walk into the fire with her. That's what love is. Witness the true story of Christian music star Jeremy Camp and his journey of love and loss that looks to prove there is always hope. Starring K.J. Appa, Britt Robertson, Gary Sinise, and Shania Twain. Own I Still Believe on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital now from Lionsgate at watchsalemmedia.com. That's watchsalemmedia.com.